Pastor Xavier Reese offers this simple truth regarding the benevolent sovereignty of God. The trustworthiness of God to work or how He will work can never be based on our ability to figure out. But as it is written, I has not seen, near has not heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love them. This is the conclusion as you walk with God every day. Trustworthiness for every situation God works is according to His will. A mystery that is worked out only in the mind of God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Jesus promised that He would never leave us or forsake us. But what about the time we had to be rushed to the hospital? Or our loved one was the victim of a heinous crime? Today, Pastor Xavier helps answer those and other questions regarding pain and suffering from the simple truths he discovers in his study of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 8 to 11. And the message is entitled, Deliverance from Death. Paul the Apostle found himself in a situation in which he was certain that death would be the end result to him and others with him. But God delivered him. You ever been there? The deliverance of Paul from this sentence of death is characterized by the three following things. First, in verse 8, the deliverance was beyond human ability. That's how he begins as he communicates to these Corinthians. Verse 8. Notice the Apostle Paul recalled one specific example here that was beyond human ability. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. Now, the occurrence was well known to the Corinthians, um, evident by the general description here in the letter. To us, it is not. He had been in Asia in his first missionary journey, as you know. In his second missionary journey, he went through Asia and back into Europe. And then his third missionary, he went into Asia, stayed three years in, uh, in Ephesus, which is Asia. And then he went into Europe and back again. So the Acts give us plenty of material on that, but it doesn't really give us any real specific point. Uh, there are different opinions about uh, what the particular event is indicating. The most commonly accepted is the riot at Ephesus. We have that in Acts 19. As you know, the silversmith Demetrius and Paul had devastated their craft of idolatry by preaching the gospel, being there three years. In fact, the riot broke out and man, they just cried out, great is the goddess Diana. And, and, and they just said they were going to kill Paul. And that is the, the one thing that we have that, again, Asia, and he was there for three years. Now, the information we have in the scriptures about the riot of Ephesus could fit it. But even if it is another occasion, it doesn't change the validity or the reality of the text. It was an event that God delivered him from death. Okay? So that's important. Look at 9. Secondly, the deliverance was beyond human confidence. The Apostle Paul declared that they were um, ready to die. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. So Paul confirmed what he had said by elaborating in greater detail now. Notice Paul was not alone in this conclusion. The personal pronoun is plural. We. Timothy concluded the same thing along with Paul and the others present. The Apostle Paul declared the ultimate purpose God 
allow such an occasion for. It was so that they depend on the divine power of God. That's the flip side. But in God who raises the dead, Paul made a sharp contrast that cannot be missed. The word but marks a contrasting conjunction here. Man is frail, fickle, and fallen. God is a fortress, faithful, and flawless. The divine power is indicated to be the raising of the dead. Don't miss it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter because they were called about to the image or be cast into fire. He says, If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Amazing young man. Committed. Trusting God. Not in a classroom. Not in a rich and peaceful society. But in a very hostile environment. They literally told the king, listen, if we bow, we'll burn. If we don't bow, we can't burn. That's good philosophy. God will put all of us in many situations throughout life that will shatter our confidence even to the point of wishing we were dead. Ever been there? I have. Those times you will never forget. Like Paul didn't forget this. That we must trust God, not the arm of flesh. That we might come to the end of ourselves, that we might know that we are not more spiritual than others. (laughs) God will always allow certain things in order that we might trust Him and Him alone. There are times when God will even remove people from you and it's you and God and it's on all four and on your face and it's through tears and through brokenness. It may be a situation in your marriage that you would have never expected Maybe your wife shares with you something that she's withheld from you for years or your husband. And now you have to deal with it. And you have a choice of dealing with it in the spirit and according to the godliness that God has given you or according to your sinful nature which is going to look out for itself and want to conquer and want revenge. And that's the choices that you and I have every time. And maybe that You're told that your daughter is pregnant or your son is contacted AIDS. Crushing. Maybe you're going to be let go of work with the downsizing that's going on. Offered an early retirement. It's kind of thrown a monkey wrench in your plans. All these things are reality, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen many people mess up their life because they thought that they had it together and that they knew better than God. And I've seen others triumph tremendously to just encourage me and even rebuke me for my own carnality. God is sovereign. Sometimes he intervenes, sometimes he uses angels, sometimes he uses people. But sometimes it's just he and I. And those are very, very important times. You see, sometimes... We get in God's way 
I, I think that I should be helping this person and I want to be compassionate. I want to be sensitive. And God is saying, get out of the way. You're messing the work up. I need to deal with this person alone. You keep pulling him out and, and it, he's not learning his lessons. Turn him over to me. So sometimes we're the problem for others' lives. So we have to pray, Lord, should I help this person? How and how much do I help? Where is it where I become an obstacle to you and, and, and really a, a, a problem person rather than a pleasing person? Not easy answers. You have to go to prayer and wait on God and seek him. The deliverance of Paul from a sentence of death was beyond human confidence. Notice thirdly, verse 10 and 11. The deliverance was beyond human reasoning. In verse 10, the apostle Paul declared their confident trust in God despite human assessment. Listen to his words. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us and whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Notice first Paul stated they trusted God in the past and God delivered them from their past since the death and age he's just talked about. That's what he's referring to. He said the evaluation of their own mind was they were going to die. He said the events were so great in the sense of being against them, yet God was greater than the event. He said the deliverance was due to God's sovereignty. It will be that was working out his unsearchable wisdom for his own glory. That means you get your hands off the wheel. That's hard for us. He said they were declaring the trustworthiness of God. Notice Paul stated they were trusting God in the present also. And God was delivering them by his own choosing. He knew God was using them to resolve the problems at Corinth. He knew God was using them as examples of comfort in their suffering as ministers of Christ to others. He knew God was revealing all of their human frailties that they not be able to trust or boast in themselves. In fact, he gives a catalog in chapter 4, verse 8 through 12, and chapter 11, 24 through 30, of shipwrecks, being in prison, being beat, being stoned, being beat with rods, all kinds of stuff. What a different ministry Paul had from so many people say they're in ministry. Even myself, I, I, I live such a comfortable life. So I have to remember that what I, God has given to me is not because I please Him all the time or not because I'm so good. But I have to be careful not to communicate to you that this is normal. <laughs> this is not normal what we experience as Americans. Paul stated they would continue to trust God to deliver them in the future. Past, present, future. The past deliverance made God reliable. The present deliverance made God believable. The future made God trustworthy and hope. But you've got to be there in the past to trust Him in the present and to walk forward expectantly for the future. It's abiding. It's being committed. It's having Stick to itness. The word trust is indicative, present, active, like 
the sentence of death in verse 9, indicating something already passed by their own conclusion and present continuous, but not yet executed. But I know it will be there because it was there in the past. It's now in the present. It'll be there in the future. Wow, that's good theology. That's great. Stepping stones. The word deliver is the second word in our passage here being mentioned three times, the key word. He will complete that work to the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1, 6 says. He's able to present me faultless, Jude 24 says. Notice verse 11. The apostle Paul declared their confident trust in prayer despite human assessment now. Paul told the Corinthians that their intercession for them played a part in their deliverance. Listen to his words. You also helping together in prayer for us. What an amazing man. As rebellious as they've been, as carnal as they've been, as a problem as they've been, he says, and you know what? You guys are incredible. I'm here because of you. <laughs> he said the, the Corinthians were partners with Paul through their prayers. The phrase helping together means to labor together. He's referring to a certain group of the Corinthians here. Notice those Corinthians who had repented of their accusations and gossip against Paul had spoken to God on behalf of Paul. That's part of them. Those who had seen their error and they repented, now they they were praying for him. Also those Corinthians who had continued faithfully throughout the whole ordeal and they remained faithful towards Paul and they were praying for him constantly. These Corinthians could have greater confidence and trust in God through prayer for future situations. As now Paul relates it, and they see how God answered their prayers and how important their prayers played in the life of Paul and the spreading of the gospel. Notice Paul told the Corinthians that others would thank God for their deliverance as an answer to their prayers. That thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Notice the thanks given by the first group of many. So the first time the word many appears indicates a larger number of people. Those hearing of the rescue from death and giving thanks. That would be a greater number. These would thank God for Paul and the others for their continuous here on earth. Because they would thank God for the benefit that they had upon their lives spiritually. And for their love for them also. The many indicating the larger number after hearing are portrayed vividly here in their thanks to God. The word persons means the face or countenance. The front of a human head. Here they're depicted in a vivid literal picture of many faces uplifted before God, looking to heaven, giving thanks on behalf of Paul's deliverance and his missionary companions from this perilous occasion. Wow, is that good? So prayer goes up to God alone, no one else. God works. The person praying hears about it, and they give glory and thanks to God. They don't worship the person. Wow, that's good stuff. You understand? How different from what's going on in the church today. Declaring and demonstrating their gratitude for Paul's deliverance and privilege of seeing the power of prayer. Now notice, the answer by God regarding the rescue 
of Paul and the others is called by Paul the gift granted to them. The word give charisma means favor. You receive it simply without merit. We get the word grace from it. In other words, God's answer to our prayers is just part of the work of grace in all of our lives as Christians. Not that we deserve it. I deserve hell. I don't deserve grace. Now notice the second group of many are the Corinthians who prayed for Paul and his friends. These are those helping together in prayer. The ones at the beginning of 11. You also helping together. The word many is the third key here. The third word is a key word. Appearing two times in this verse. Joining the mysterious combination of God's activities in the lives of the people and the petitioning prayers of saints on earth. Wow, I don't understand it. (laughs) But I'm glad it works. Those praying personally and specifically to God for Paul and his missionary friends. Those delighting in their privilege of being used by God for his purposes. Some missionaries were out in the mission field. There are many stories about missionaries that can share through our history. But these missionaries were out and these natives surrounded them uh, one night and they were just going to kill them. And um, it went on for hours and there came a point where they just stopped and they went away. And years later, um, some of those men were born again, and one of the missionaries asked him what took place that night, and he recalled the occasion. And they said, you know, we were advancing, and then we looked around, and we saw these big giants, and we just couldn't go forward, so we just turned away. Well, the missionary knew that's when they were praying tremendously. They had no recourse but to pray. But it took some years for them to find out how it worked. Now, if they never found out, it didn't matter. God still worked. But what a great benefit. The trustworthiness of God to work or how he will work can never be based on our ability to figure out. The scriptures tell us, but as it is written, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love them. But God has revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us by God. Second Corinthians 2, 9-12. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the man, the heart of man, things got to prepare for those who love him. Here and now, not when you get to heaven. Everybody quotes it when you get to heaven. No. It's here and now. Nothing will have to be revealed to you when you're in heaven. Duh, you're there. Oh, the depths, the riches, both the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him? And it shall be repaid him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11, 33, 36. Wow. This is the conclusion as you walk with God every day. The trustworthiness of prayer for every situation God works is according to his will. A mystery that is worked out only in the mind of God. And Paul trusted in prayer for himself and others in the mission field. In Romans 15, 30 through 32, he asked the Romans, Now I beg you, brethren, 
through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayer to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Paul always asked for prayer. Unreasonable men, the preaching of the gospel. Ephesians 6, 19, he says, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That I not be a chicken, that I not back out, that I speak boldly, confidently. Philippians 1.19, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He's in prison. He says, I'm going to be delivered. It'll be due to your prayers. Wow. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. This guy, he's a prayer warrior. He's your pastor. He loves you. He's always praying for you. Wow. 1 Thessalonians 5.25 and 2 Thessalonians 3.1 and 2. Paul tells Thessalonians, pray for us. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. We've been dealing with that. We just went through those texts. Here we are in Corinthians again. Prayer again. God is dealing with us as a body. Prayer. If at any time we are to pray more than ever before it is now, look at the world. Look at what's going on in our nation. Look around. Paul told Philemon, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Philemon, verse 22. Wow. The responsibility of prayer falls on every believer. Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not lose heart in Luke 18, 1. Paul said, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. 1 Timothy 2, 8. Jude says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude, verse 20. The dangers that confront us in life are many, and some will never be resolved without prayer. The salvation of the lost. The reconciliation, restoration of marriages to be transformed by the Holy Spirit of God. The ability to walk in the Spirit on a daily basis. The need of wisdom for the decisions of life as we raise our children. To pray for the sick. To trust the intervention of God for our safety, our protection from unreasonable people. The society we live in. Paul put it this way, Philippians 4, 6-8 or 6-7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. You know anything about this? You better. The sooner you do, the better off you're going to be. The deliverance of Paul from a sentence of death was beyond human reasoning. So he has revealed to us his deliverance from the sentence of death. The deliverance was beyond human ability. The deliverance was beyond human confidence. And the deliverance was beyond human reasoning. This is good theology for us. This is good counsel for all of us. But we've got to make it our own. God desires to do that 
every day. Pastor Xavier Reese with an encouraging reminder about the long-reaching, comforting hand of our Heavenly Father. And you can request a copy of today's comforting study from 2 Corinthians called Deliverance from Death. It's available for just $4. And this message will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared on this subject the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once again is Deliverance from Death. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. Is the risk of offending someone better than having him or her spend eternity in hell? Find out the simple truths about confrontational love when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on our next broadcast. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 